Hopefully, this is the last time you hear this ad. With Chime Checking Account, features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts or at least grab an extra latte. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals24. That's chime.com slash goals24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back, one and all, to another edition of Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. My next guest leads this company's compliance team that designs cannabis banking programs for financial institutions. He holds extensive experience leading digital transformation initiatives predominantly in the healthcare and retail verticals. And by the way, listeners of Cannabis Radio would be very familiar with Green Chick Verified because I did speak with Kevin Hart back in 2019, and he spoke with our folks at Planned Profits, along with Brett Puffenbarger, who is with them in the role of a VP of Marketing. They spoke over on our Planned Profits program at Benzinga's Cannabis Capital Conference in Miami. And those episodes will be coming up very soon. Look for those. But in the meantime, I'm here right now with the co-founder and vice president of knowledge at Green Check Verified, Paul Dunford. Paul, thanks for being on. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Business Observer Florida put out a really good story, very comprehensive, uh, just in the area of Florida and the area of cannabis, which there's a lot to be talked about just in Florida alone. And we'll bring up some of that right now here on this episode. But Green Chick Verified, just to give a refresher, they serve both cannabis businesses and the service providers that companies rely on, including banks. Your platform has been described as a quote-unquote compliance sale rules engine, excuse me, capable of monitoring dispensary transactions to ensure that they comply with local and state regulations. Talk to me, Paul, about the work and relationships made so far to make these very important connections for cannabis companies possible. Well, it's interesting to think about how we got here. So probably with Kevin, he's talked about, you know, our genesis, where we came from. But as part of understanding that banking was the issue, our approach was about finding ways to work within the structures as much as possible. Because we went through the same kind of ideation of, well, what about crypto or a stored value card or something like that? But that wasn't speaking the language of the financial institutions that are ultimately going to be the ones that are responsible for this. So our approach has always been, how do we gain the confidence of financial institutions that we're not taking them down a path that will get them in trouble with their regulators? So that really has been our approach, looking at federal guidance, like the 2014 FinCEN guidance about banking marijuana businesses. We, through our compliance rules engine, gather all the rules associated with transactions in any state, tribal territory, or overseas territory. And that's really been what has helped us build that 
confidence on the financial institution side of things that you know, what we do is building a program that really will meet their examiner expectations. That's what they need. They need to feel comfortable. Like any of the other kind of, you know, and I don't mean to sound deprecating, but kind of workarounds are not yeah. sustainable to them, particularly crypto. I mean, if you think about like crypto's high risk, cannabis is high risk, two of them are not going to coexist in the world of a banker, right? You know, and I've heard, we've talked, we talk extensively on Bump Business and I, I kid you not, I might as well just start talking, I mean, you're changing the name to something about compliance anyway, because we talk about it so much on this program, but I can't without saying, and listen, for those of you that, you know, are expecting me to go and say, it, yes, can trust 2019, $77 billion lost. That's the level of compliance issues that you need to be aware of. Now, you might not reach that level, but you're talking about a company that barely is trying to hold on to its name, let alone anything else. That's the level of compliance you have to worry about, and it cannot be a workaround. We're going to say it over and over. I'm going to hit it over the head to all of you people until you understand this. Now, with that said, compliance rules, that is a pretty, that's a pretty big standard to go and go by. And... What would you say is the best course of action on how you were able to go ahead and apply which rules need to be done to make sure that companies are holding themselves accountable to more than just a bare minimum of compliance standards by a, a cannabis uh, a cannabis board? Well, I would say actually that is there's a certain amount of anxiety that goes into banking cannabis sometimes of we have to be the regulator. You know, and you can go down these rabbit holes of, do we have the criminal background checks for this and this person? But that can be really overwhelming and that can actually discourage financial institutions from getting into cannabis banking. Mm -hmm. One of the things we do is we try to give them confidence that you don't need to be a state regulator to confidently do this. Because your obligation to the federal government, to FinCEN, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, you know, the cops of the financial system, you need to be able to demonstrate that every dollar that comes into your institution is the result of a state legal sale and that they are actively licensed. You are not obligated to hang out in front of the dispensary 24 hours a day and see if kids are going in. You are not obligated to make sure that their products are being tested appropriately because there is a state, territory, tribal cannabis regulatory authority that's responsible for that. So when we talk about banking, because it's about the dollars that come into your system, what we're looking at is, was this transaction within the limits of the state? That's different in every state. You know, Is it a per transaction limit? Is it a 30 days limit? Are there certain kinds of products that can be sold and not others? Like in some of the Southern states, you have prohibitions against consumable, like combustible products, You know, and it just has to be like gelatinous cubes, I think is the phrase in Mississippi. So it really is about the transaction. Was the person of age, were the products legal, and did they sell in excess of their legal limit? That's really what a financial institution needs to know. But I'll tell you, you bring up a very interesting point, because when I hear you talk about financial institutions and how they respond to your level of compliance as a company versus to what the cannabis control boards are expecting, that's a conundrum to me because I can say, okay, well, the financial institution says, well, listen, what is this governing body, you know, this state government's cannabis control board say they're saying you just need to meet this limit and we're still going to work with you 
So you're saying there's a bit more of a complication per se, if a company tries to go too far into compliance. As a financial institution, yes. But I mean, very specifically around the operations of the cannabis businesses, your banking, you have tremendous obligations to the federal government in terms of your anti-money laundering efforts, which really is kind of what this falls under. So you have more than enough time dedicated to meeting your regulatory obligations. You don't have the time to be the cannabis regulator. Uh, that's really what it comes down to. Now, what about the investment side? So if a company is coming in to lend, and we've talked extensively about lending when it comes to based on your profits or based on you know how much positive cash flow you have. So that kind of the collateral lending or revenue uh, revenue-based lending, there's that part that comes in too. Does that also take consideration, say, if a company needs to put a certain percentage on handling compliance? Is that a factor? One of the ways that financial institutions evaluate these businesses, and I will say that it is going to be more intrusive than any other business. I mean, I know it sucks, but the financial institution needs to have far more information on the cannabis business than a used car dealer or a coffee shop, just because their reputation is on the line with the federal government. So one of the things that they do is they collect things like the uh, standard operating procedures or the employee manual so that they can see that the cannabis business has made a real commitment to adhering to regulations, that they have, you know, they are checking IDs and there are consequences if they don't. You know, they are, you know, putting down on paper all the things that they need to do so that if the regulator asks the financial institution, how do you know they're following the rules? You can bring up the rules and share them. And there is a certain amount of faith that has to happen that, you know, that they are doing what they say they're doing. But the job of the state regulator is to catch them if they are doing things they shouldn't. It's not the job of the financial institution. Correct. But they're going to adhere to what the Cannabis Control Board is going to dictate as opposed to what a company might do above and beyond that. So is there a level of transparency that shouldn't be necessary just to basically say, listen, we're using it for this and we're going to meet the standards met without telling them we're going to be doing much more than that? Well, I'll let you know that if you do more, you are more attractive. So this is particularly big in lending. That lending is still, we know it is one of the just key needs that has not fully been met yet. But one of the things that gives financial institutions pause, and it sounds like you've had lots of conversations about this, so I'm not going to like retread all that ground. The listeners have listened to it as well. (laughs) But this is an interesting point because this is you have to kind of pull back and give only so much. Because if I were a company, I would think, well, they may just know that, listen, we're making all, we're, we're meeting all these standards. But it's something to be said about that for our own sake, because of, you know, a financial institution, you know, for those handful, we have like a, a small percentage, a minority, let's say, of institutions that are already working with companies. I haven't had a chance to talk to many of those banks, but I can imagine that if they want to work with somebody, they want somebody that is holding themselves responsible and accountable and not just meeting a standard because we know in the cannabis industry that for a long time, 
what the control boards are offering or asking for and guidance, like say California, Colorado, maybe even New York, that you're, you're going to make it so that it's going to be a lot more companies that can be involved and there's much more tax revenue for them. Mm-hmm. But is that still going to be responsible and accountable to make sure that, you know, the testing that's being done, working with third-party labs, working to make sure that, you know, products are being housed and, you know, cultivated and processed and everything going across the board is being done above level and also getting rid of the bad actors that might not be doing that. This is the thing where I think about where I would think banks and credit unions and the like would be considering this as well into who they decide to lend to. Well, absolutely. So if you think about it, there's there's a couple of things at play here. One is a financial institution can only take on so many cannabis businesses because they are really labor intensive for them. So yes, if you meet the minimum standards of the state, like that would not be a disqualification. But if there are but so many slots and it's between you who's meeting the bare minimum and another person who is really demonstrating that they're going above and beyond, naturally imagine who a financial institution would want to take a chance on. In addition, I would say you have sort of two barriers, two different layers of barrier of entry. The first is to get that regular depository account. So, you know, place to put your cash, place to initiate electronic payments, accept wires, you know, online banking, etc. Lending is that plus. So, even if you meet the sort of minimum standards to have access to a depository account, you really do need to go above and beyond if you want to be attractive for lending because lending is still really, really restricted because financial institutions are still getting used to it. So would you be disqualified if you met minimum standards as opposed to going beyond? Possibly not. Are you the most attractive candidate? That's a different question. If you can differentiate yourself by a really high level of compliance, you are very attractive to a financial institution. So there's a lot more we're going to talk about. I'm going to take a break here because it's a good spot to go and start. But this right here is very crucially important to me, I think, to the audience. For what it means, if you want that lending, you know, if you're not able to get the funding that's going on right now from VCs or private equity or whatever there might be out there, or putting yourself out there to be publicly traded. At the moment, if you need to go work communicate with banks and work with companies like Green Check Verified to have that conduit to get you connected to banks, this is, these are some very important questions to answer. And I think, and I re- appreciate you letting that really, putting some clarity into this context because I think it's really important. Now, I'm going to come back with you. We're going to talk more about the areas when it comes to banks. Also talk about one of the companies that you've already been working with right now that and the experience you've had with Green Check Verified, just to give more into the conversation. I'm here with the co-founder and vice president of knowledge at Green Check Verified, Paul Dunford here on Blunt Business. We're back after a short break. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Ah, spring, nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive. And that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. 
Get started today at chime.com slash build. That's chime.com slash build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back once again here on Blunt Business with Paul Dunford, co-founder and VP of Knowledge at Green Check Verified. Wow. That last segment opened my eyes because that really just peered my ears when you talked about the level of compliance and, and really the communication that has to be done and how much understanding or how much uh, importance a financial institution like a bank or a credit union will have when it comes to what's required by the Cannabis Control Board in that state or what internally is what the company's going to do to go above and beyond to give good compliance and to be responsible and accountable for what they're doing from cult from seed to sale across the board. Now, you said the company's platform has been met with open arms, mostly because banks either didn't have the knowledge or were too risk averse to develop banking products and services for cannabis companies. You said this, quote, Cannabis is something in people in banks and credit unions have been told for their entire careers they can't touch. In fact, they have to keep it out. So there's been a huge shift that we had to affect in the industry to say, yes, you can do this. You're not going to lose your charter. Other folks are doing it. So we also have a consulting piece of the business, which also involves working with financial institutions to literally build out their cannabis banking programs from scratch. Now, talk to me how you've been able to get banks to play ball, more banks to play ball without the cushion of, say, a safe banking act. That's an interesting kind of two-part piece. I would say the first part about generating confidence really comes with our approach. You know, as I said, our approach is working within the system as much as possible and acknowledging that the federal government has given guidance and that's what you have to follow. So I think it's the approach that is very, very helpful. Like we speak your language. We also, at the beginning, we brought in folks that were bankers. You know, we were never trying to work around this problem. We were trying to work inside of it. And then part of it too is just setting the precedent. You know, I'm not going to lie. We didn't open and have 50 banks, right? right? This took time. It was a one, it was a two, and then it got exponentially more because another thing about financial institutions is that they always want to know what the other person is doing. So getting that first financial institution on the hook is the hardest part. But then if someone can say, well, prove to me that someone's doing it, you know, does this work? Once you can say, yes, financial institutions have been doing it, they've done it for a while, they've successfully passed an exam, that gives another financial institution confidence, you know, et cetera, et cetera, you know, out the fractal tree, you know, to the rest of the financial services industry. So we've been doing this about five years. So we are at a point, I do believe, where our approach is known. We do have a lot of successful programs, some that have advertised, some that have not. Uh, and I think that's really what's kept us moving forward. And that's a good thing. The, the fact that the ball's already started to roll. I mean, even when we were doing our, our United States Cannabis Conference and Expo series, 
and the fact we were able to get a bank, you know, preg president to come in and speak on behalf to the cannabis industry and see where things were going, where the ball was finally rolling. And then hearing more about credit unions also getting into the space and companies able to go ahead and finally get that communication going. And, you know, finding, well, because bankers also need to have other clients and they're, why not service the space? And if they're able to do it, you know, there's still, of course, the risk that they're saying that there might be that's being being pushed out there, obviously, by, you know, say mainstream media or whatnot to say what, what they're going to do. But listen, if the investors are already, you know, investing so much into it through Canadian securities, Canadian securities or the OTC market or whatever, or NASDAQ, you know I mean, why do not not get to work with financial institutions like the banks you work with? Why not? So Cogent Bank's one of those banks. And uh, there was an interview in the same vein of this Business Observer Florida article, which I tell everyone to go ahead and take a look at. It's uh, titled Cannabis Industry Gears Up for Potential Gold Rush, specifically for Florida. But they went and did a lot of work talking to some great people. Lindsay Larson is Cogent Bank's Bank Secrecy Act and Anti-Money Laundering Compliance Officer. She said that services such as Green Check Verified and Green Check Connect, which we'll talk about a little bit later on, are welcome additions to the cannabis industry because of how much these those entities can help mitigate risks to both cannabis companies and the firms and do business with them. Now, she said this, quote, there are stories out there about banks whose cannabis program was shut down for not having the right anti-money laundering tools in place. That's one of the reasons why at Cogent we're conservative and vet our clients. We wouldn't take on the risk of any group that didn't intend to follow the law because one tarnish and you've done as a bank or a marijuana related business. You know, talk to me about this tightrope you've had to walk literally to help bridge the gap between companies and banks like Cogent to work with you, those anti-money laundering tools, because as they said, they are vetting and they're very conservative on which clients they choose to pick. Well, part of that is my title is, you know, VP of knowledge, which I know is not a terribly common title. But the reason is that education is key here because the financial institutions are not going to bank cannabis until they feel like they understand it and understand how to mitigate the risk. And so that's really one of the biggest things is educating financial institutions that you can do this. There are ways to do this, but also giving them education just about the cannabis industry. Like before I got involved in this and you had asked me like, what is an eighth of flour cost in Massachusetts? There's no way I would have been able to tell you because that's just not inherent knowledge I had. And so the point of a, you know, Bank Secrecy Act anti-money laundering officer is to make sure that nothing comes into the financial system that shouldn't, you know, you need to prevent money laundering. If you don't know what a legal sale is in your state for cannabis, if you can't look at a sales report and say, well, that's weird, they're charging $10 for an eight, where the people down the street aren't, you're not going to be able to feel comfortable that you're keeping the bad money out. It is actually explicitly one of the requirements under that foundational 2014 FinCEN guidance that says you need to be able to demonstrate that you understand the normal and expected activity for the business, including the types of customers served and the kinds of products sold. If you're just sort of starting this by yourself, just imagine like how imposing that like cliff is going to be of, I have to be a cannabis expert all of a sudden, like that's going to take me forever. So what GreenCheck does is we have our consulting services, we train financial institutions, here's how you can do it, here's how other folks have done it, here is the kind of legal guidance that you need to follow. And through our software, you know, the GreenCheck software, 
we're going to do some of that like evaluation of sales for you. Hey, this was a sale that looks like it exceeds legal limits. We're not going to tell you you can or can't accept those dollars. That's your decision. But you should probably have a look at this and have a conversation with your CRB. Like, was this an accident? Is this a pattern you see? So, and then think about them doing it over multiple different states. So just that that knowledge limit, I think, is what keeps a lot of folks out of it. And Cogent's been really, really great because, you know, they work really closely with us to build a program. And we always have this kind of open door policy. And it just happened to be after that article came out, I ended up talking with Lindsay about a particular compliance issue in Florida. And so we talked about, you know, the article, but keep coming back to green check. What is this? What do I need to know? How do I adjust? You know, I have a friend who says, you know, in cannabis, it's all about, you know, do you have a guy, right? Like, do you have a guy who does plumbing? Do you have a guy who does lights? And for us, like for the financial services, we're like the guy who can help you with cannabis compliance. That's, that's our role. Yep. So as we record this, uh, it was only a couple of days ago, the 420 happened and there was a cannabis summit that was actually on Capitol Hill. Uh, there were several senators that were talking about the impacts of banking on the sector and small businesses specifically. And they actually introduced a bill. Uh, one of them was uh, Jackie Rosen, Democrat of Nevada, to allow cannabis businesses to participate in the federal small business administration loan program. And going along and talking about it, you know, Senator Rosen actually talking about that, you know, sitting on the Senate Committee for Small Business Entrepreneurship. So we understand with our minority business development agency, all the other things we have to allow small business to grow and thrive. There's tons of programs. And the bill would really open gates for small business owners to compete with large corporations that are already there. And they want to just have companies be able to cl- plug into it. Uh, when you look at you know, if the safe banking is not something that even passes this year, even though there's been a whole lot of talk about either doing that or even creating something called safe banking plus, you know, to create still comprehensive cannabis reform, but try to give some kind of banking or financial relief to cannabis companies and specifically we're talking about small businesses. Is there anything that you see through what you're seeing right now that would entice banks to then be much more to play ball, more banks that might work with green check? I think those of us in this kind of niche cannabis banking world, I don't think any of us really believe the Safe Banking Act is going to pass. It's just kind of too small. It's too niche. And the reality is it doesn't change the legal status of cannabis federally in any way. I think people think it does somehow. All it does is it says that your federal banking regulator cannot take any adverse action against your financial institution solely because you're banking cannabis. That's what's happening today. All it would do is put it on a federal piece of paper, whereas that's what we've seen happen in practice ever since the 2014 FinCEN guidance was issued. And I want to make it really clear, you know, what Lindsay mentioned, I'd like to put a little bit of nuance on it. No financial institution has been told that they cannot bank cannabis, specifically marijuana. Right. The issue is failures in their overall Bank Secrecy Act AML programs. So what it does is it puts a stress on a compliance program that if it's not strong in the first place, doesn't necessarily meet expectations anymore. So that's one of the things to keep in mind. This is what's happening today. It's just not on federal paper. No one has ever been told to get out of marijuana by their regulator. So what really would be the value of passing the Safe Banking Act? And I would say that there are always people who are like, well, we'll wait until the Safe Banking Act. 
I think that that's kind of a dodge, you know, like, yeah. When, it, you know, once in a blue moon, like when it's a blue moon, I'll go do something. When the Safe Banking Act does something, whenever anyone says that to me, I'm like, you're just not going to do it. And the other thing that I would say there that I want financial institutions to know is yeah. the moment something like that passes, the big banks are going to get into it. And I guarantee you they have programs in a binder on their shelf that the moment they feel like there's no extra risk associated with cannabis banking, they're going to get into it. So if you are a community yeah. bank or a credit union, not to overstate it, but this is literally your only chance to have a leg up on the big banks. You never have that. This is a tiny window where your ability to be more narrow and nimble with less red tape to be involved in states that only have programs. This is kind of your one shot. If you're going to wait, it's not going to happen for you. I really like how you put that. Because even for those that want to go ahead and wait for federal legalization and we're waiting, investors waiting to get in or companies that want to get in and, you know, major corporations want to also get involved. The thing is, they're all waiting for, again, they're also like we were just talking about what well, previous episodes about the Las Vegas consumption lounges. OK, so the major casinos don't want to be involved in this until there's federal legalization. Oh, well, you know what? They're just as culpable as anybody else. Like you're dodging too. Why wouldn't you go ahead and get in there if it's allowed? If you have your state is, you know, medical and adult use accessible, why not use it? And on top of that, you know, for those states, that if you were able to do things where, yeah, there are certain things that maybe safe banking might help in terms of, you know, opening up some more avenues. But it doesn't mean you can't find banks or credit unions or other financial institutions that you can go to right now. Like that does yeah. not holding you back. And the same thing goes for businesses that want to just, you know, green light and get started. You know, yeah, sure, you don't have interstate commerce, which would be the one thing that would be extremely important to me when it comes to legalization. But until then, you have a lot of avenues to continue to do business. I'd rather keep getting in here and getting what you can find to use at your disposal instead of passing the buck because you're no worse than Congress. Well, it's about setting the precedent. You know, the the federal government tried in the 90s to stop medical marijuana when it was just California. So they had one state to look at. I don't know if you remember, but or if I'm dating myself, but I remember on the news, there were all of these stories all the time about the DEA raiding, you know, dispensaries, legally oh. licensed dispensaries in LA. And it got to the point where California pushed back hard enough that ultimately, you know, the federal government backed down and said, listen, we have better things to do then worry about state legal dispensaries. You know, as long as you follow a couple of rules, don't sell the kids, don't grow on federal land, we're going to leave you alone. If they couldn't stop one state from legalizing medical, they're never going to be able to pull it back at this point. But it's all because folks have put in and set the precedent. So the more that lending happens, the more that banking happens, the precedent has been set. It's not going to be something that's pulled back. These things, you know, they take time, but you know, it's just it's a question of setting the precedent. Yeah. Well, you know what? You want to talk about those that have actually dealt with, you know, having their shops being raided, you know, regularly by cops in California. Uh, let me shout out to Dr. Dina, who of course hosted a show here on Cannabis Radio. She talked about on the program. Remember when we produced those programs? Was not a did not have, did not have a shortage of words when it talked about the level of things that would go on with those kind of issues, but 
yeah, that kind of stuff is really very much real. Again, I'm here with Paul Dufford. He's the co-founder and vice president of knowledge at Green Check Verified. And if you haven't gone to the website, let me just go ahead and send all of you over there. Greencheckverified.com, greencheckverified.com. And while we're at it, we're also going to go ahead and talk about Green Check Connect, which is another part of their services, their whole portfolio. We're going to talk about that coming up. And or Green Check is based in Florida. I have to ask about the Florida market because we haven't talked about it much lately. But let's give a little update on what things are right now with Florida and hopefully getting an amendment on the ballot in 2024. We'll be back with this and final questions after this. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm back with final questions with Paul Dunford, co-founder and vice president of the knowledge at Green Check Verified. And just for clarification, uh, Green Check Verified is headquartered in Bonita Springs, Florida. But Paul is actually joining us from uh, Connecticut on uh, the program, which, by the way, so I'm only about three hours drive from South Florida here to go across State Road 80 to get over to Green Check Verified when the chance uh, uh, arises. And I, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to go to Benzinga myself, but our team did get a chance to connect with all of you over there. Uh, so I made mention of before the break about Green Check Connect, and it's a first of its kind marketplace for cannabis businesses to find all their essential business needs, including banking, lending, payments, insurance, HR payroll, and more. And your company recently just announced an expansion of the program. And participants in the marketplace are vetted for the reliability, cannabis-friendly practices, and cost-effective services. And Mike Kennedy, who is also co-founder like yourself, a chief strategy officer, said that the mission is to enable every legal cannabis business access to the financial and business services needed to grow by investing in our marketplace and adding new valuable partners. We're coming closer to fulfilling that mission each day. What can you tell me so far about the project? Well, it comes from looking at banking and then realizing that banking is not the sum total of financial services. So folks need lending, certainly, but they also need access to payroll. They need access to insurance. They need access to cash transportation. And all of these things can be really difficult for someone to find, especially if they're coming into cannabis from outside of the cannabis market. Because as we know, the big players that everybody goes to largely have said no. So you have to know this kind of secondary market of folks that will serve cannabis. But who are the ones that you really want to deal with? Who are the ones that are going to give you that green tax of like, well, you're in cannabis, so you pay 50% more? What's going to keep you from the electronic payment providers that swear up and down that they have a compliance solution and they disappear in a month? So there's a lot of folks out there and it's hard to understand, like, who do you want to go with? So not only do we want to have a place where a cannabis business could get sort of the one-stop shop of all the financial services they need, we also want to do some vetting so that they can be confident that these solutions aren't going to disappear tomorrow or that you know they're full of Better Business Bureau complaints or that they've had issues with state regulators. You know, We are not approving marketplace partners. That's not our role, but we are doing pre-vetting to make sure that these seem like solid companies 
that we would recommend to cannabis businesses that come to us. We wouldn't want to recommend anyone that, you know, we don't feel good about. My reality is because this is a an industry that has a lot of contradictions at the federal and state level, there are a lot of people who exploit that and exploit the industry and, you know, disappear once they made a couple of bucks. And it's almost more disruptive to lose a service than to not have it in the first place. Think about like a year ago when that memo came out from Visa about cashless ATMs. While they never mentioned marijuana, I want to point that out, they never mentioned marijuana, but it freaked out a lot of folks. And then overnight, a lot of dispensaries that had solutions had to go back to cash. Incredibly disruptive. You know, think about the expectations that the customers had coming in. Yesterday, I was able to buy with a card. Now I can't. Wow. So you want to have the right solution first because losing one and finding another one is almost worse. So anyway, Paul, let's go and wrap things up. Website is greencheckverified.com. And take about uh, 60 seconds for those that want to go and be able to connect with the banks that you're working with and connect with your services through Green Check Connect. What should they do? Super simple. Go to greencheckverified.com. There will be a link to the marketplace, Green Check Connect. You can create an account, log in, and you immediately have access to apply to all the service providers that are on the market. So insurance, payroll, HR, uh, lending. We've got options there for a lot of things. So just go to the website, sign up, check out what we got. Thank you again, Paul Dunford, co-founder, VP of Knowledge at Green Check Verified. Thanks for being with us here on Blunt Business. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. And listeners, thanks again for listening in. As always, any comments, feedback you want to have on the program, email me, brasco, B-R-A-S-C-O at CannabisRia.com. That's how you can reach me. And we'll talk to you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade or at least grab an extra latte after getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe. No minimum balance requirements and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com goals 24. That's chime.com goals 24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.